And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, all the way from Las Vegas and the Back from the Grave compilation, Volume 9 or Volume 10 combination on CD, Nobody's Children with Mother's Tin Mustache. Today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And to prepare you for Weird Al Yankovic, have a bunch of tunes going to play you, including this one coming up by The Pastels from Pasco, Washington, from the last of the Garage Punk Unknowns compilation. Another amazing compilation on Crypt Records. We're going to hear Mirage from The Pastels. And then... After that, we're going to hear something by J.K. and Company. J.K. and Company recorded in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but J.K. from originally Las Vegas and California, his mom was a musician, was recording and hanging out in Vancouver at Izzy's Supper Club in the 60s. She had like a big long stay there, invited her son up. Her son came up to Vancouver, her 16-year-old son, and recorded this incredible album, Suddenly One Summer by J.K. and Company, released by White Whale in the 60s, reissued numerous times, including by Sundazed in 2001. So we're going to hear a little bit of J.K. and Company, recorded in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by Robin Spurgeon, who also done stuff like The Painted Ship and Spring, and members of Spring actually play on this recording. So here is J.K. and Company. We're going to hear a little bit of J.K. and Company. We're going to hear two tracks by JK and company Christine and Speed recorded in Vancouver in the 1960s originally on White Whale plus we're going to hear as I mentioned something by the pastels on the Nardwar the human serviette radio show and then an interview with Weird Ow. So right now, here's the pastels with Mirage from Pasco, Washington, 1966, and then some J.K. and Company from California, Las Vegas, Vancouver from the 1960s, and in an interview with Weird Ow. An interview with Weird, Weird, Weird Ow, here's the pastels on an Ardward Human Serviette Radio Show.
You know, a lot of people think I'm Kenny G, but I'm not. I don't play the saxophone well. Uh, I'm uh, Al Yankovic, but you can call me Al Yankovic. Weird Al, welcome to Richmond, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you very, very much. Weird Al, I have a quote here from Hunter S. Thompson. Good. Does he say something pithy and unique? This is what Hunter S. Thompson says, and he says, When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. And I certainly did, didn't I? That's what I was wondering about. What about mainstreaming of weird? Weird, look, how do you become weird these days? You have to take, a, it's, it used to be a four-year course, now it's a five-year course to get accredited. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work, and I don't recommend it for the timid or the meek. Where does weird go, though? Like, where can weird go these days? Where can you take weird? You know, I, weird can, you know, it's been assimilated into our society. You could be uh, a, a weird uh, belly dancer or a weird CEO, president of a multinational company. Conglomeration. So I really, you know, weird is all over the place these days. Well, do you feel a bit jealous at all, Weird Al? Because Justin Timberlake, with his dick in a box routine, that won an Emmy. 
as well it should have. <laughs> it should have, but that means like weird going mainstream, totally mainstream. He's scooping you, Weird Al. Well, I don't look at it as scooping me. I look at it as me laying the groundwork so Justin Timberlake can have his moment in the sun. So like the weirdness is out there. It is. More than ever. More than ever. You know, I, I was the, the pioneer, just like the, the, the foundation, laying the foundation as it were for, for, for the rest of our weird society. Now, when you think of weird society, you think of UFOs. Are you into the UFOs? It depends what you mean by UFO. What do you define a UFO? Uh, uh, well, you mean like, you know, something from Plan 9 from Outer Space? with yeah, like The classic a Roswell, Stanton oh, T. Friedman. Oh. oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I certainly believe they are unidentified. So, and they appear to be flying objects, so I think they probably are unidentified flying objects. Because Weird Al, UFO guys now are so struck by this weirdness in society that they've left UFO studies. They're struck Yes, they have. My goodness. UFO guys now are mountain biking in Afghanistan. That's crazy. I've always wanted to do that. Because, like, they gave up. They gave up the UFOs because it's not weird anymore to do the UFOs. i got to get myself a mountain bike. What, what am I thinking? Weird Al, have you interacted with any weird people at all? Not so far in my life, but I'm looking forward to it. If you know any weird people, you know, give them my uh, email address. Well, this is what I was wondering about. This particular weird person, Blowfly. Are Blowfly? you fr- What can you I tell? I used to shave his uncle. What can you tell the people about Blowfly? He is on Weird World Record. Uh-huh. I, I, I've, uh, I haven't heard a lot of Blowfly's material, but I've heard him described as an X-rated Weird Al Yankovic. Which I was wondering about. Would you ever do any weird parodies? Would you ever do any weird X-rated parodies? Or have you done them Weird Al? But, but then people would confuse me with Blowfly. And, you know, we, we get confused on the street all the time. You know, a lot of times I'd be walking down the street and people go, Hey, Blowfly! And I go, No, no, no. Blowfly looks like this. I, I bring this album cover along with me so I can show the difference. This is me. This is Blowfly. And this is Blowfly's friend. But they do have some similarities. They do. Al and Blowfly do Blowfly. have some similarities, don't they, Al? Yes, less than a syllable apart. Well, the similarities, for instance, Blowfly takes a song sitting on the dock of the... Bay? And turns it into shitting on the... Dock? Of the... Bay? He got in big trouble from Otis Wedding's Rife, but then, believe it or not, you know what happened? Well, what happened to Otis Wedding's Rife? Well, Blowfly was able to show a picture of him and Otis Redding together, and everything was, you know, okay. You can do anything with Photoshop these days. So I guess what I was wondering, Weird Al, what pictures do you carry with you in case somebody gets mad about the songs you're covering, and you're like, look, we're friends! I don't carry them with me. That would be too easy. I got the Polaroids on a vault, my friend. Weird Al, Blowfly has a message for you. I contacted Blowfly, and he has a message for you. Let's hear it right now. This is Blowfly's message, Weird Al. Al, would you do a split single with us and finally unite the two weird parody artists. He did not say that. Yes, he did. Give me, let me see that. He did, right there, right there. I contacted You're Blowfly. You're right. You're right. I contacted Blowfly. So would you like to address Blowfly at all? Blowfly, have your peeps talk to my peeps. We'll do lunch. And weird artists will come together. We, we, it could happen. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Now, Weird Al, are you familiar with journals at all? Yes. I've seen journals like this. They have a lot of paper in them. Now, this particular journal belongs to... Whose journals is this? 
It looks it looks like Kurt Cobain's journals. Kurt Cobain's journals. And if you could open up to the anointed page there, please, Weird Al. This is Kurt Cobain's private journals. Wow. Where, where did you get this? I got it at a bookstore. It's for sale. Everything's for sale. Wow. Now, if we could open up oh, Kurt Cobain's Kurt, journals there, Weird Al. post-it note. To the post-it note. What do we see in there? I've indicated some things at the bottom. There's two things I'd like you to read there at the bottom, Weird Al. It says, oh. It, the first thing says. It says, it says uh, this is according to Kurt Cobain here. It says, Eric Clapton plays second. Second-rate dusty blues licks, and under that it says Weird Al Yankovic is America's modern pop rock genius. What? You made it into his journals, Weird Al. Oh, that's pretty cool. His private journals, and I was perusing. I found out about Weird Al Yankovic little tidbits right here. Oh, Eric Clapton in your face! (laughs) At the top of the page, Weird Al, right there. Oh yeah, look at that. It says Weird Al right there on the page. At the top. That's pretty cool. So you really didn't have too much interaction with Kurt Cobain, did you? Uh, I, I talked to him on the phone, and I, I, I hung out with him at a restaurant for about 35 seconds. And I, I, what I, restaurant, by the way? It was uh, somewhere on Fairfax Avenue in Los Angeles, one of those cool restaurants. It's so hip, it doesn't even have a name out front. Then he was there with a bunch of people, and uh, I, I saw he was eating dinner there, so I didn't want to bother him, but I walked over and said, hey, Curtis, you know, Al Yankovic, and thank you for letting me do Smells Like Nirvana. And, uh, you know, it meant a lot to me, and I, I, I'll, you know, I'll do anything you want me to do to show show my appreciation and he basically said just polish my fingernails and I did I just polished the fingernails of the table and he was very happy but now you actually have proof there in the I Nirvana journals I had they're right here because actual journals so if people buy this money will go to oh look it says reward if found you can, hey there you go <laughs> we're all gonna make money cool because we're in rich yes we're in rich I'm gonna put this down here with the blowfly album there we go. Oh, weird Al, here we are in Richmond, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, are you sure it's not Vancouver? It sure feels like Vancouver. It is Richmond. Okay, fine. Not Burnaby, home of Michael J. Fox. Mm-mm. Now, a few years ago, I interviewed Chameleonaire. You did? The rapper Chameleonaire. I remember him. Yeah, you're a good buddy. Yeah. Now, he was wearing a hat during the interview. As are you. As am I. And I asked him if his hat was bulletproof, and he denied it. <laughs> Chameleonaire denied his hat was bulletproof. You should never admit to something like that. Because if somebody told me, like, if you told me your hat was bulletproof, I'd put a cap in you right now just to check it out. So in your interactions with Chameleonaire, did you find out if he had a bulletproof hat? And do you have a bulletproof hat? Yeah, that never came up uh, in discussion. Uh, we, we got to co-present at the American Music Awards. and uh, Was he wearing a hat? He wasn't wearing a hat, but if he had been wearing a hat, that would be the, my first question, obviously. Have you ever had a bulletproof hat? Would you ever consider that? Have you ever seen any bulletproof stuff? Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a bulletproof hat. What, is it, what does it look like? Well, I guess the one that 50 Cent wears. Is that really a bulletproof I think hat? He has a bulletproof hat. They all have bulletproof hats. So maybe it's Lloyd Banks wears that. Hey, Are you down with the G unit? I am down with a G unit, G. Weird Al Yankovic, opening acts. I've looked at the opening acts you've had on some of your tours, and some of them have been pretty interesting. For instance, I saw build Weird Al, comma, chainsaw carving. Yeah, I think that was on this tour. You know, we, we play... Uh, in an, Utah. You know, we play an occasional state fair, so it's like we'll be built next to the chainsaw carvers. Uh, you know, Weird Al and Tractor Pull. Have there been any other things? Like, have you played with puppet shows? What have you played with over the years? Who opens for Weird Al? Uh, Does anybody open for Weird Al and cover Weird Al before Weird Al can come up on stage? We, we used to have all sorts of opening acts. Uh, for this tour, it's, it's an evening with, with Al because the show's almost two and a half hours long. Except the chainsaw carving. Except, you know, that, that's on a whole different stage, you know. Uh, but there's only so much weirdness that uh, people can take in any given finite amount of time. So, you know, we figure that that's enough for, for now. 
Weird Al, I was asking you about Blowfly, and you know, you, people don't want to get confused between you and Blowfly, but isn't there an entire website out there called, like, Not Al Songs? Like, people get confused. Every parody song is not written by you. Or is it, Al? Well... <laughs> you want to take credit for that. Yeah, I know. The tr- truth is, it's not. Like, I've been around so long that anytime people hear, uh, hears a parody song, they go, oh, must be Weird Al Yankovic. And so I get credit for a lot of uh, the, the, the songs on those peer-to-peer file-sharing sites. Now, uh, what particular ones have you been impressed by, the songs you've taken credit for, which really uh, maybe you shouldn't take credit for, <laughs> the people yell from the audience? Uh, you know, who, who does? Bob Rivers and uh, Mark Davis. Uh, there's a few people out there that actually do really quality stuff. And, and uh, you know, if, it, if it's good... Sure, I'll take credit for it, but, but 98% of the stuff out there that's got my name on it that isn't really by me isn't really so good. You know what I mean? You do know what I mean, don't you? I do, Weird Al. Thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. No, no, now, thank you. Now, winding up here, who is and who are the Harry Fox Agency? Uh, Harry Fox Agency would be an agency wherein uh, songs would be cleared. So if you need to clear a song for a cover version, you just, you just call up Harry and go, Harry, come on, work with me here, work with me, Harry! Harry! After all these years, do you get a good deal with Harry? You know, Harry and I, we're sort of like this. East side! Weird Al, pirates are big these days, aren't they? Pirates are big. They're huge. What They're sort of, large. What sort of pirates are you integrating into your act, Weird Al? Um, you know, I, it, it's sort of subliminal pirates. I don't want to be too uh, obvious or, or overt about my inclusion of pirates in the live show. So, in fact, we offer a cash reward to somebody who can spot the pirate. I was wondering, a concertina. What is a concertina? And would you ever integrate a concertina into your act? I'm calling your act. Are you insulted by that weird out? I, I am, but please continue to do so. Uh, a concertina is similar to an accordion, although uh, most concertinas have buttons on both sides. I only usually, usually play buttons on the left side and play the keyboard on the right side. But with a concertina, it would be buttons on both sides. And that would be... Did I spit on you? I'm so sorry. Very sorry. No, he didn't. I was going to say that's very piratish. Pirates loved a concertina, didn't they? No, they, they did. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm more apt to incorporate a parrot uh, into my act than a concertina because a concertina that's just it's too many buttons too many buttons my friend weird out who's your favorite polka artist these days i was hoping you might say walter Ostenek from from uh, canada from canada <laughs> yes he would be my favorite he's won lots of grammys hasn't he Tons. And you've won some grammys i have and you've made some people mad by winning grammys haven't you weird out Yes. For instance, you beat comedian David Cross. You beat him out. Did, was he up for a polka Grammy? No, he was up for a comedy Grammy. And is he mad now? Well, he might be. And I'm going to be interviewing him shortly. And I was wondering, could you give a little message to David Cross to say, sorry, I beat you for the Grammy? Yes. David, uh, I'm a big fan. And you know I am. And, and, and we're, we're, we're close friends. And I'm, I'm just very sorry that, that you didn't win the Grammy a couple years ago. And, and you, you really should have because I suck. I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry. Sorry, Al. I didn't mean to bring this incident up. (laughs) Why did I have to win that Grammy? Why? 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 David hates me now. You've been on panels with him since, though. Really? Yeah, I thought you did some panel with him a little while back. Like, have you judged stuff? You're a judge oh. for a lot of stuff, oh, aren't you? Uh, you know, I think we, we, yeah, we're judging some song contest together, but we haven't done it yet. So we're on a th- we're on a theoretical panel together. So we'll see if he comes up to you now. It's a virtual panel. And you are weird. Al Yanko. V-
Now, Weird Al, you wouldn't be Weird Al without Dr. Demento in some ways, right? Dr. Demento is why you're here today. In some ways, uh, yeah, you could probably say that if Dr. Demento never existed, I would be living in an alternate reality. From the guy who brought you fish heads, he brings you Weird Al. What can you tell me about the fish? Who else has Dr. Demento brought the world? You, Weird Al. Uh, And tell about the fish heads. What about the fish heads? The fish heads, Barnes and Barnes. Uh, Art Barnes and Artie Barnes. And actually, uh, Art Barnes, a.k.a. Bill Moomy, is uh, the guy, a little Will Robinson on Lost in Space, and he's the guy that introduced me to my wife. So everything's interconnected. The fabric of reality, it's, it blows my mind. When you're on the Tom Snyder show, your drummer is the same drummer you have today, right? It is. It's amazing looking at footage of him. What is he playing on the Tom Snyder show? It's like he's doing all these weird noises and pounding on something. What is that? What did you do back then? That was my accordion case, my friend. He was on the floor, on his knees, banging on my accordion case, uh, uh, squeaking bulb horns, blowing into siren whistles and duck calls, and just being really silly. I had no idea he was going to do that. He made, made a real fool out of himself. Lastly here, Weird Al, record covers. In the United States of America and Canada, you can choose your record covers, can't you? More or less, yes. I heard that in other territories, other people choose your record covers. Is that true? Uh, perhaps in some. Are you thinking of anything in particular? No, I mean, when you've seen your records from other countries, do they have different covers than you intended? Oh, I think, like, in, in Japan, I've... over here. Oh, in Japan, uh, yeah, sometimes I... I uh, when I go over there and I see my record albums, I do this. I go, what? Or, huh? Sort of like that. You mentioned Kenny G right off the top of the interview. Would you consider him replacing Michael Richards in UHF Part 2 to sequel? You know, I, I, I've got to call into Kenny G as we speak, and, and you know, uh, we'll see if the, the long-standing feud has cooled down and see if he's willing to take over the role of Stanley Spadowski. UHF, where, if you notice, we have this little poster up here to Fabulous Poodles. Are there not poodles in UHF? There are poodles in UHF, uh, they, they, poodles that can fly or, or, or attempt to fly. Or get thrown off Sundex. That, or that, yes. That's what we brought this here for you today. Thank Think you. Pink, the fabulous poodle. Very nice. There are quite a few. Will there be any poodles tonight at the gig, Weird Al? Uh, the, 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 the pirates are holding poodles under their arms. So look for those as well. With the concertina. Yes. Well, thanks so much, Weird Al. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Yes. Why should people care about Weird Al Yankovic? I don't know. Because I floss regularly, and I think dental hygiene is very important. Well, thanks much, Weird Al. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do do doo do 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 Almost do 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 Go ahead, y'all. That I take them back out again Boy, I'm shitting off the dock of the bay Watching my great big turds float away Shitting off the dock of the bay Making a big stain Listen Eat some black eyed peas, Georgia. Oh, and they making me feel so sad. Yeah. And every time I have to use the bathroom, it hurts my ears so bad, so bad. So I'm shitting off the 
dock of the bay Just watching my turds float away I'm shitting off the dock of the bay Just wasting, wasting Second show, okay? Next we're gonna do a thing by a young man that ain't been on the scene in quite a while. Mr. Major Lance. We're gonna do a little thing that was written by Mr. Chris Mayfield and Impressions. They call it mm 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 We call it the Fog Song. Two to the two two two. Go something like this.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You just heard right there a little bit of Blowfly with Chicken Hawk. And before that, all aboard the fuck train with Blowfly. And before that, Blowfly with Shitten off the dock of the bay. And before that, an interview with Weird Al Yankovic. And would like to thank caller Johnny Mack for phoning into the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show and pointing out that Weird Al started as a college radio DJ in San Luis Obispo. He thinks it's KCPR. So shout out to Johnny Mack for reminding us why we're all here. Why we are all here. We're DJing live on CITR radio. And it's interesting that people like Weird Al began in college campus community radio. And you too can get involved in campus community radio as well. Yes, you can join CITR Radio. Check out our website, citr.ca. Come on here for a tour, 604-822-3017. If Nardwara Human Serviette can be a DJ, you can be too. And it's been a long-standing tradition for people out there to want to become a DJ. It's super easy to become a DJ on CITR. For other people, they have to go through other hoops. So just think, when you join CITR Radio, you do not have to go through anything like this. Thank God. And that's our traffic reports for today. Drive carefully. It's wet out there. And now back to more music. Hi. Well, we're off the air now, and the next two cuts will give me some time to talk to you. You're probably wondering what it's like to do a radio show. Well, I love it. I work with some pretty interesting people. You know, it's really something to know that there are thousands of people listening to my message and my music out there every day. The broadcasting industry, whether it's in radio or television, is one of the most exciting fields to work in. There's always something new happening. And the job has almost unlimited potential for prestige. <laughs> and uh, money, of course. You know, it's a funny thing. I remember when I started in broadcasting. I did it the hard way, in a little town reading commercials for, uh, let's see, $21 a week. Yeah, a week. I learned the broadcasting business painfully over the years. But of course, you don't have to do it that way. Because if you're interested in a broadcasting career, and believe me, I can't think of a better field to work in. You can master all the essentials in just a few months. Now, if you prefer, of course, you can do it in the evenings. And going at your own pace, take up to three years to learn the profession. How? With a Career Academy course in broadcasting. Career Academy offers complete training in all broadcasting basics. It's not a program just anyone can get into either. The Academy naturally first decides whether you have the aptitude to be a successful broadcaster. And if the directing faculty feels that you're better suited for another field, they'll frankly and honestly tell you so. But when you're accepted, you know right then that you have the potential to become a top professional. Now once you're enrolled, you'll be surprised at how easy it is to learn at Career Academy. 
whether in their studios or at home. The course, set up by top broadcasters and TV personalities such as Danny Gallivan, Kurt Gowdy, and Robert St. John, uses the very latest techniques in educational psychology. They're a part of what is known as the Career Academy Method. This famous and exclusive easy learning system combines the ease and rapidity of programmed instruction with time-tested learn-by-doing techniques. With these methods going for you, you can learn broadcasting quickly and surely with a minimum of effort. This exciting, comprehensive career training and self-improvement program requires just four months of studio training for the entire course. If you study at home, all lessons are supplied on record and you can go over them as many times as you want. Then you make tapes of all your assignments. The Academy supplies the tape recorder and mail them into the Academy, receiving in return a careful analysis of your work with advice as to what areas to strengthen. You be a class of one. You'll study news writing, sports casting, play-by-play -play commentary, split-screen techniques, commercials, camera technique, and much more. It's important for you to know that Career Academy is registered as a trade school under the Trade Schools Regulations Act, and all tuition is fully tax-deductible. The graduate will also receive the full benefit of the school's placement assisting department in securing an initial position. What about job opportunities? Well, because you'll be a Career Academy graduate, thoroughly trained in both radio and television, you're a preferred candidate for more potential jobs. And there are more jobs opening up in broadcasting every year. Now, with more homes equipped to receive UHF stations, that's channels 14 to 83, the broadcasting industry's rate of growth will continue to accelerate. I've enjoyed talking to you about this exciting business. And now, it's up to you. Career Academy isn't for everybody, though. Naturally, each prospective applicant's background and qualifications must be considered individually. It'll be necessary, therefore, that you are personally interviewed and that everyone in your family who has a sincere interest in your future be present to make sure you have the attitude to make it. The enclosed personal data record should be filled out and returned to the school before your interview. The directors of the school also suggest that you make a list of any questions which may come to mind. When you meet Career Academy's counselor, he'll show you why so many men and women are entering this profession. The frank discussion you'll have during your interview also will enable you and the school to judge whether you should give further consideration to a broadcasting career. Maybe you're one of those capable people who, by spending just a few months of time and effort, could be on your way into the rich world of broadcasting. Ah. Time just right. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. That's how you become a DJ. Or you can just join CITR and do it the easy way. Or if Nardwar, the Human Serviette can become a DJ, you can become a DJ too. Right now, going to play a brand new track by The Ballantines. Thank you so much, Vanessa, off their brand new 
LP called Dark Drives Life Signs. We are going to hear Curse. So thank you so much, Vanessa, of the Valentines and the Valentines, because that's always coming up, even though we're a couple of months away, for this amazing new track. Check out the Valentines from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with Curse.
again, you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, courtesy Paul Lawton. Thank you so much, Paul Lawton. Paul Lawton on vocals and bass, the singer of the band Valley Cyan is the name of the song, and their track is called Century Palm. And this is from a brand new release on Deranged Records featuring Penny Clark on synth. Penny Clark of Tough Age. Penny Clark, ex-CITR president. Valley Cyan by the band known as Century Palm, and they have two 7-inches out, and we heard right here the Deranged 7-inch. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sending those, Paul both tracks and we'll be passing them on to CITR for further air play and before that on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show heard the Ballantines thank you Vanessa for sending that to me Nardwar to Human Serviette feel free to send stuff to me Nardwar to Human Serviette at CITR radio contact me Nardwar at Nardwar.com and we'll play your tracks we'll hear the Ballantines with curse and right now going to play something again that was sent to me, Nardwar to Human Serviette, by Jacob from Pitch Perfect PR. We are going to hear brand new from Proto Martyr from Detroit. And this is from their new LP, The Agent Intellect, that's going to be released on October 9th on Hardly Art. We are going to hear I Forgive You. And after that, we're going to hear something by Wand from Los Angeles. We're going to hear two tracks by Wand, Little Dream, and Paintings Are Dead, and Wand are opening for Mac DeMarco at the Commodore on the 30th and 31st of October in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And this is from their new LP coming out September the 25th, which were already passed. September the 25th, their brand new LP. That's today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show. We are going to hear Little Dream and Paintings Are Dead. And this is courtesy Jessica from Pitch Perfect. So thank you for everyone sending me all this stuff. So right now, here's from Detroit, Proto Martyr, brought to you by Jacob, and I forgive you. And after that, we're going to hear some wand brought to you by Jessica. Thanks. Little Dream and Paintings Are Dead. On the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show, here's Proto Martyr from Detroit. Handouts, thanks a lot. 
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, the amazing scum from Montreal, 1985 with Go to War on the Psych Industry record label, interestingly enough, manufactured and distributed by Macola Records, the same company that manufactured and distributed tons and tons of early rap that, believe it or not, has connections to Vancouver. Because one of the guys who started Macola, not Brian Turner, who started Priority Records, who's from Winnipeg, who went to UBC, but Macola, a guy from Macola, actually lived in Vancouver as well. But yeah, on the back of the scum record, it says manufactured and distributed by Macola. Cola Records, and this is from Psych Industries, 1985, Montreal. We heard the band Scum, and before that, Wand. We heard two tracks from Wand, Paintings Are Dead, and Little Dream, and Wand again are playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, backing up Mac DeMarco at the Commodore Ballroom on October 30th and 31st, and that's from their brand new LP out today on Drag City. Thank you, Jessica. And before that, Proto Martyr from their brand new LP out October 9th on Hardly Art. Thank you, Jacob. We heard, I forgive you. Right now, to end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, I think, have a record to play for you called T. Lobsang Rampa, The Power of Prayer. From Hidden Tibet comes this practical method for making your prayers effective. Hear the voice of a Tibetan Lama and a master of occult Arts. This is a fascinating LP. T. Lobsang Rampa will tell you his entire story. Originally from England, he was exposed as being not exactly what people thought he was, but he'll actually get into that in this actual record here. And he died in Calgary in 1981. This record here is probably from the mid-60s. So we're going to hear T. Lobsang Rampa, and he's going to describe all about what's going on. It's on Saucerian Records, number one. 169. T. Lobsang Rampa, the power of prayer and a master of occult art. So we'll see how far this goes on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. <laughs> Lobsang Rampa, the author of The Third Eye and of Doctor from Lhasa speaking to you. Although I am a Tibetan Lama, certain people in England and one man in Germany have uh, tried to discredit me. There is really no point in going into this because my agent in England and the publishers of The Third Eye and many, many other people in countries throughout the world have seen my papers, wherein it is specifically stated that I am a Lama of the Potala in Tibet and an abbot in my own right. My papers also show that I served in the Chinese forces as a surgeon. Certain sections of the press in England, because I would not give them an interview, 
and would not say what they wanted me to say, started a campaign against me. The real underlying reason was spite on the part of various people and because I was a person whom they did not understand. So many Western people try to persecute or break down or discredit those whom they do not understand. My third book, The Truth of the Rampa Story, will tell you all about this. But I want to repeat and emphasize that everything that I have written and said is true and is my own personal experience. Let me also emphasize that I am all that I claim to be. <clears throat> it may be of interest to give a few more details about myself. Details which will embrace something of the three books. I was born in Tibet of a noble family and became a boy monk at a very famous lamassery. As I progressed through my studies, I progressed in rank, in status. Eventually, the time came for me to leave Tibet and go to Chongqing in China. There I studied for and obtained the degrees of Doctor of Medicine, Doctor of Science, and Master of Arts. I also learned to fly aircraft. Later in my life, this became a very great asset to me. In December 1933, the beloved 13th passed on. And I returned to Tibet for a brief visit in order to take part in those sad final rites. The Japanese started their reign of terror in Shanghai on the 13th of August, 1930. I was granted a commission as surgeon captain in the Chinese forces. My duties were to fly to badly stricken centers and perform emergency operations. Early in 1938, I was shot down by the Japanese and taken prisoner. After three months, I managed to escape and I made my way back to Tibet to see my friends and to take part in certain ceremonies. After this, and a visit to my home in Lhasa. I returned to duty with the Chinese Air Force. By now the World War had started and the Japanese were winning everywhere. We were short of supplies as the British had closed the Burma Road. Once again it was my misfortune to be captured by the Japanese. They tortured me very badly when they recognized me as a former prisoner who had escaped or escape from the Japanese was a crime indeed in their eyes. As a surgeon I was sent to the medical officer of a large prison camp for women. 
Once again I escaped, but was recaptured. Once again I was tortured. And both my legs were broken to stop me escaping in the future. In 1944, I was sent to Japan to a camp near Hiroshima. Here also it was a camp for women, and I was the medical officer. Some of the women were very influential persons, highly placed and with high social connections. Some, in particular, were dying after torture and had information which the Japanese badly wanted and for which they had been tortured. As they knew the women had told me, they tortured me as well. All these hardships caused pneumonia. When I was recovering from it, the atom bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. In the considerable confusion, because the Japanese were very frightened, I escaped and made my way to the sea where I was able to steal a fishing boat and I cast myself adrift on the sea of Japan without food, without water, but not without hope. Days later, the boat grounded on the shores of Korea and I made my way to Vladivostok, getting lifts where I could and at other times walking. At Vladivostok I found many other refugees, some of whom were hiding in good streams. I concealed myself beneath a wagon of the Trans-Siberian Railway, and we made our way across frozen Siberia. Weeks later, I arrived in Moscow clad in clothing which I had obtained from the wagons. I also secured some food from those wagons, but at times I and others were reduced to eating the grease from the axle boxes and rats which swarmed into the trucks and which we caught with our bare hands and ate them raw. After a few days in Moscow, Soviet guards arrested me and took me to Lubyanka prison as a suspected spy. Brainwashing procedures went on for some weeks. Then I was told I was to be expelled from Russia. I was marched out of Lubyanka prison. One poor man with an escort of heavily armed guards and taken to the railroad station. There still in company with those guards. I was put aboard a train and taken to Strudge in Poland. Once again I was upon my own. Europe was very unsettled at that time, just after the war. I made my way through Poland, through Germany, and on to Cherbourg in France. There I boarded a ship and worked my passage to the USA, to the port of New York. There, as a member of the crew, I was allowed ashore. I stayed ashore and tried several types of work in an attempt to settle down. One of the jobs was as a radio announcer. After a time, life in America bored me, and I decided to visit England. 
Once again, I applied for and was given a job aboard ship so that I could work my passage. In 1951, I landed in Southampton, England. My papers were in order, but one of the officials there, for some unstated reason, took an instant dislike to me, and in contravention of all rules and regulations, he just took my papers and ripped them across and threw them away. I was taken off and lodged in a cell. Two days later, I was removed from the cell and put aboard another ship bound for America. I arrived at New York, I had no papers, and my story that a British official had torn them up was not well received. Well, I will not go into that here, but I will say instead, I had to return to England because I, like so many other people, have a task and a purpose in life. Mine is in connection with a human aura and a device which I am trying to perfect. I had to return to England. How oh, I actually did it, well, that is in the third book. This is a talk about the power of prayer. All religions believe in the power of prayer, but few people understand the mechanics of the process. Few people understand why prayers work for some and seemingly never for another. Most Westerners believe that people of the East either pray to a graven image or do not pray at all. Both statements are untrue. And I am going to tell you now how you can remove prayer from the realms of mysticism and superstition and use it to help others. For prayer is a very real thing indeed. It is one of the greatest forces of this world when used as it was intended to be used. Most religions have a belief that each person has a guardian angel or someone who looks after that person. That also is true. But the guardian angel is oneself, the other self, the other self which is at the other side of life. Very, very few people can see this angel, this guardian of theirs, while they are on the earth. But those who can are able to describe it in detail. This uh, guardian, we must call it something, so let us call it guardian, has not a material body such as we have on earth. It appears to be ghostly. Sometimes a clairvoyant will see it as a blue scintillating figure larger than life size and connected to the flesh body by what is known as a silver cord that cord which pulses and glistens with life as it conveys messages from one to the other. This guardian has not a body such as that of Earth. 
but it is still able to do the things which the earth body can do with the addition that it can do very many more things which the earth body cannot. For example, the guardian can go to any part of the world in a flash. It is the guardian which does astral traveling and relays back to the body through the silver cord that which is needed. When you pray, you pray to yourself, to your other self, to your guardian. And if we knew properly how to pray, we should send those prayers through the silver cord. Because the connection we use now is like a telephone line, which is a very faulty line indeed. And we have to repeat ourselves in order to make sure that the message gets through as we intend it. So, when you pray, speak as you would speak through a very long distance telephone line. Speak with absolute clarity and actually think of what you are saying. The fault, I should add, lies with us here on this world, lies with the imperfect body we have on this world. The fault is not in our guardian. Pray in simple language, making sure that the requests are always positive and never negative. Having carefully framed our prayer to be absolutely positive and to be absolutely clear of any possibility of misunderstanding, repeat that prayer perhaps three times. Let us have an example. Suppose, for instance, that you have a person who is ill and suffering and you want to do something about it. You should pray for the relief of that person's suffering. You should pray three times, saying exactly the same thing each time. You should visualize that shadowy figure, that insubstantial figure, actually going to the house of the other person, following the route which you would yourself follow, entering the house and laying hands on that person and so effecting a cure. I will return to this particular theme in a moment, but first let me say that you should repeat that as many times as are necessary. And if you really believe, then there will be an improvement. This uh, matter of a complete cure, well, if a person has a leg amputated, no amount of prayer will replace it. But if a person has cancer or any other grave disease, then that can be halted. Everything? 